0: and welcome to this episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Woollen, and you can contact the podcast at, at Justin Woollen on Twitter, or you can email me at, at cisco.com That's two O's and one L. So, I'm joined by co-host, Mark. Are, are you going go to say in, hello? You I was going to say, are you going
1: to introduce me? Or just, you don't have to be introduced. Am I, am I you're always here.
0: You're always here. You're, the, you're a key, co-host, key contributor. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? So, um, we've got a guest. We've got a guest, and uh, we're going we're gonna to create this new new uh, corner of this podcast called Architect, Architects' alcove because we've had uh, we've had uh, and uh, we got uh, we're joined by Mike Badham, who very kindly has joined us today, even though he's not very well. Hello, Justin. Hello, Mark. Hello. Hello. He, he's he not very well. He's got his he proper poorly voice on today. Uh, uh, did deep, you just deep voice? Did, <laughs> did you put that on?
2: No, I didn't actually.
0: All right. Okay. Um, so. Poor Mike's had, a, had some major, tough surgery, and he still decided to, to join us. <laughs> well, he turned up to record when we were supposed to, so, oh, so, 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 so I don't know whether he decided or not, but he's Please, here. Don't remind me. <laughs> but, uh, so thanks very much for joining us, Mike. So Mike, is, uh, do you want what, to, what's your name and where you come from? Okay, so
2: I'm uh, Mike Badham, I'm a solutions architect, working in our UK public sector team uh, with a focus on healthcare and local government. Ooh, that's new. That's a change this year.
0: That's a change. You never used to have a local government, no, did you? I didn't.
2: used to have the local government addition, but that's uh, something we've done this year because we, we see the kind of health and social care environment coming closer together now, finally. Uh, well, it and is, this, isn't it? It uh, makes sort of sense, doesn't it? Absolutely, and it's a response to that, really, from Cisco to bring the two teams together.
0: Ah, very good indeed. So, uh, you're not here just to introduce you and tell us about your new role and... Uh, and uh, what and else your, we and were talking dry about? Oh, and your dry socket. Oh, your dry socket—that's the one. Your dry socket. In your he he, he cringed. So, for those listening, he just cringed really badly. So, uh, Mike, thanks very much for. So, so you haven't just come along to uh, uh, tell us all about your tooth, or uh, the lack of tooth and the hole that it's left, uh, the dry dry joint. Dry socket. Dry socket. I yeah. do apologise. Okay. Um, we're not soldering. <laughs> we're not soldering. Oh, those are the days. <laughs> mm-hmm. I miss soldering. Yeah. The smell of lead. Mm. Um, <laughs> 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 so, what? Your you're a healthcare and local government architect, So, and, and I know you've been working in our healthcare team for a very, very long time, and yep. so you've got a breadth of experience. So what's... I mean, the huge changes that have been going on in healthcare that we can see, and you know, with all this driver funding and efficiencies and things like that, there must be huge amounts going on where people are looking, or oh, that the industry is looking at how technology is able to help this. So, so can you give us any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I suppose... Um, uh, What's happening at the moment, and we are kind of focusing on healthcare today as part of, as aside from the, the local government part of my role. But um, if you're looking in healthcare today, there's quite a lot, quite a perfect storm going on, is the way I describe it. Really, both across the business and the technology context. So, if you look at the business, so um, certainly we see the kind of government strategy and policy around sort of devolution and regionalisation, and the move really, I think, as we look forward to building out communities of health and care, and that's important distinction as well. Uh, moving from healthcare to health and care, that's uh, that's certainly something that's happening and obviously does involve the local government side. And we have things like sustainability and transformation plans, so uh, those plans being put together, not from a green sustainability point of view, but actually how we build sustainable health and care organisations or communities going forward. So very much a move from um, healthcare, uh, you know, an organisation centric healthcare to Place centered healthcare and person centered healthcare. That's the kind of things which are happening. And those things will involve social care and third sector uh, much more tightly as we go forward, as well as the patients and themselves. And then if you look on the technical side of what's happening, then clearly I think most people who work in the sector will be aware of the national network. And uh, uh, that's been there for many years now and done a fantastic job, I think, for most NHS organisations. But looking forward, uh, we're now moving into an era of the Health and Social Care Network, or HSCN. Um, And once again, that kind of looks as though it's going to move into that community-type style networking uh, uh, or infrastructure approach. So if you bring those two things together, there are clear pointers of the the statement of direction, if you like, uh, from healthcare being sort of organisation-centered instead of moving out to these communities.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, And what's been, I suppose, what's been driving the change? What's been, I mean, there's obviously a lot around... Efficiency in the sense of reducing budgets and, and, and the sort of financial impacts, but are there any other big, I suppose, big trends that are driving this need to change, moving towards a more integrated health and care environment, and so on? What's what's been the big the big yeah. motivators that you see?
2: Well, there are there are a number of things. I think I think um, clearly the financial mm. climate is well known, um, so I won't go into that. But you know, we, we talk about things like ageing well. So we have an increasingly ageing population, and the many. I wish I could age well. well, I know know, you're looking pretty pretty good,
0: good Jones. Oh, thanks, mate. For all those viewers who don't even know what I look like, there (laughs) we are. 56, pretty good. Yeah, thank you.
2: Um, So, we have aging well, um, so that's uh, certainly going to be a challenge as we roll forward. We have the kind of chronic care, Mm -hmm. chronic disease management type aspect of things as well. And, you know, when you look at some of the things, the lifestyle choices we make that feed into that, and actually, as well, the the, the sort of shortage of um, skilled professionals in healthcare. um, again, there's some significant stats. If you read the EU pages, etc., they'll, they'll, they'll give you all the information there on that shortage and what they predict. Yeah. Um, and so those three things all combined together means that we just have to look at doing things in a different way. I think, and yeah. uh, that will be for people to self-manage certain conditions um, and to deliver care in different ways yeah. and, and more scalably, I think, yeah. and more cost-effectively. Yeah. So how
0: does how does technology help with that then? Because that's obviously we're a technology podcast yeah. and and we're a technology company and what you've talked about is stuff that we, you can see on, on on healthcare websites, on on in the news. It's, I wouldn't say common knowledge, but it's it's out there. But it's yeah. nothing to do with technology. Yeah. So what's what's technology got to? Or how do we see feel technology comes as part of this?
2: So it's interesting. I, I'm going to correct you there, Justin. I, I'm always I'm there like, to be corrected because
0: I generally get things wrong. As often,
2: but anyway, as you often um, do. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, actually, anything I think, if you're thinking about technology in a strategic sense, has to begin with. So it is all to do with the business, and if you're thinking about things like... The business is health. And business, in this case, is health and care. And care. And so if you're going to do things in a different way, for all those reasons we discussed, you know, you're going to deliver new models of care, you're going to provide different ways of working, because that has to happen. We have to have people working in different ways, with uh, location independence and agility, agile working. So if you're going to do those things, then technology has to be at the very centre of that. And... I think for us and and where we've been sort of talking now for probably three to five years at least, and prior to that in the same sort of sense, um, is all around digitization. Clearly, you know, digitization has become very much a buzzword. Um, There are cynical views out there. I understand that, you know, just a new name for IT. I actually do think it's quite different Hmm. in that when you look at IT in the past and the models of IT, you develop an IT strategy, well, the business would go off and develop develop a business plan throw it over the fence and say deliver me an IT strategy to support that. I think the difference with digital and digital strategy is that actually technology becomes a part of the business planning phase. Yeah. So we're elevating that technology message and the idea here I think is you know if, you, if you're going to deliver those new models of care and new ways of working, how can you possibly do that now without thinking about the impact of technology?
0: The thing that's going through my mind as you're talking is i think it's just the way that the society is nowadays everything we do is got something to do with everything but there's so many ways that digital comes into our life into our homes right. and we have a culture that we sort of expect it because yeah. we, we sort of people see the value in, mm-hmm. in in technology and what it can bring but now it's it's nice that the actual sort of the the the, the business entity of of a of a healthcare society or organization is right. going there's got to be a way that digital can help us, but yeah. we don't know how, or we're not quite sure. So we'll go away and, and look and look at them either look at the market, or we'll say this is a problem. How can we solve this digitally? Is that a right sort of perception?
2: Yeah, and, um, and obviously, you know, NHS England have sponsored a book di- Digital Roadmaps. So those are initiatives um, that are out there to deliver um, technology solutions that respond to business needs of a health and care economy. Yeah. Okay? That's out there today, and there's little digital roadmaps that have been produced over the last sort of nine months or so, um, uh, and they will also support the STPs as they're developed. So you can almost think of STPs as a kind of business side of things, and LDRs as a response. STP, so spanning tree protocol. No, no, no. Yeah. Business. <laughs> business i did mention it ironically I mean, oh, we also we, no, we also
0: sorry. did tell you clearly
1: don't listen
2: we also it's told it's you the in the prep
0: that don't use don't use any acronyms mm-hmm. or abbreviations yeah, thought, without explain them
2: when i write a document i, I do it in full first this and is, then i'll put them i thought that was the same <laughs> No. Anyway, <laughs> STPs, Sustainability and Transformation, Transformation plans. plans, Ah, as I said 10 he minutes did, ago. He did. He, he did, did, did he? Yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. But, um, so, STPs, Sustainability and Transformation Plans, you can think of... You'd have to keep repeating, you of, say it
0: once and then we <laughs> get it. As, as, as Obviously, the, I missed The it business time. planning, thank you, Justin.
2: As the business planning, and then on the technology side, LDRs, Local Digital Roadmaps for a community, clearly there organisation, every organisation will have its own sort digital approach as well local digital roadmaps on the community side will be the technology aspect. So think of business and technology in those two
1: terms. So, so for the LDRs, and, and I'm going to put Sorry, my LDRs? LDR- <laughs> local <laughs> digital roadmaps, I'm, I'm reliably informed. I still forgot what SDP stands for. Pathans Plan and Tree Protocol. Sustainability <laughs> and transformation, transformation Plan. We should have written that up. Yeah. Um, so for the LDRs, I, I'm going to put a cynical hat on. I mean, do you, do you see that really making a tangible difference? Are people really Ooh. embracing them? Um, and I don't want to put you on a sort of controversial spot, but you know, there's always the, there's always these big initiatives that come out from the centre where everybody then runs around trying to produce something at a local level. But the cynical side of me might think, well, okay, it's it's a bit of bit of lip service to something that's happening in the market. Do you do you generally get a sense that the the individual health and care organisations are really embracing them and, and really buying into that as a concept of, for change?
2: Yeah my, my understanding is that um, uh, you know the LDRs are aligned to funding as Oh well, okay, helps. Which obviously that helps. keeps everybody <laughs> interested but but I I, think, I do genuinely think that there has been a shift over the last 12 to 18 months mm-hmm. if um, if my experience is anything to go by talking to health and care organizations this kind of um, attitude towards technology is changing I mm-hmm. think you know there, there is a recognition I don't know it could be for many reasons it could mm-hmm. be that you know in, in a world where you know financial Climate is challenging. Maybe savings have been made in all the kind of easier inverted commas Mm -hmm. things easy but easier areas, and maybe now you know people recognise the need to look at things more creatively. Yeah, Uh, and clearly technology gives you that opportunity Mm. um, to make fundamental change, transformational change. Yeah, yeah. uh, In terms of the way that you know care is delivered.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that that actually sometimes it's not even to the outside world. It's not even sometimes that transformational. I, I met with. Uh, at an event a few months ago a few weeks ago there was um, a a doctor who came up to our stand medical doctor and all she was really wanting was the ability to do remote consultations with patients you know rather than almost as simple as saying I you know I know how much of a hassle it is for my patients to have to come to my clinic or how much cost it puts on the NHS to run an out of hours clinic, yeah. and the simple, you know, the real simple thing. It, it, you know, to me, I'm sat there thinking, well, I've got a video conferencing unit at home, so this is just normal everyday technology. But to her yeah. and the delivery and the context in healthcare, but then
0: they, t- they look at it from a sort of Skype and they go, why can't I just do this over Skype? Yeah. And, and I think the challenge does come then because it goes something as simple as Skype or FaceTime, and they mm. go, well, how do you roll that in a in a enterprise mm, well, robust yeah. environment? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and do it that way. I think that's yeah. the challenge of the, of the perception of I, I've got a knife, what I can't
1: just yeah, do it on that, do like. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm and sure some would... of them do.
2: Yeah, and, and with all the governance concerns around that as well. Yeah, yeah. So in yeah. terms of, sort of confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And yeah, much. bringing
0: all that piece yeah. of a of yeah. actually, yeah. It's, it's not just, it's just like right. it's a big difference between I'm scoping yeah. my mum or yeah. my wife or my yeah. kids yeah, yeah, yeah. to actually doing this as a proper part of a enterprise delivery. Yeah, yeah. And
2: we 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 have examples around the NHS where we've delivered these types of mm-hmm. solutions, so the latest one I saw was a video from Auckland Bay which... Oh yeah, yeah, uh, I, I saw that on YouTube, isn't it? That's on YouTube, that's, um, and, and they're doing remote consultations there. There are other areas that um, this technology also applies where you think about things like nursing and care homes, for example. Um, self-management of conditions, telecare, telehealth. You know, this, this is one of the key things that we often say is that Actually the traditional approach is of perhaps looking at a problem and trying to apply a technology solution to that, then moving on to problem B and doing the same thing and problem C and doing the same thing, you end up, okay you may resolve that particular problem and improve that situation, that use case, but actually you have disconnected technologies because most often these, these are different technology investments on an annual basis, there may be a capital budget so you can perhaps only afford to do one, right? So our, our kind of recommendation is I think that we need to think about how we change that now and that actually moving from that project-oriented approach to a more programmatic approach mm-hmm. is the key to this. So build out a platform that you can reuse and re-exploit multiple times over. So just, yeah. just
0: don't build something to
2: solve all problems. Yes, Build exactly. something that can solve and multiple and problems. Exactly, yeah. and inherently then you have that kind of integrated view, that integrated environment of all these use cases being resolved by a similar platform, the same platform, mm-hmm. same technology platform, um, and obviously you know that will mean that you're going to need to invest more upfront. But over a period of time, you, your your investments will just become incremental as opposed to project A, project B, project C, because you're just reusing that mm-hmm. same platform over and over.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and that approach is has sort of been encapsulated I know in a, in a fairly major piece of work that yeah, the, the healthcare team have been working on for a number of years, hasn't it? And you need Well, of course, yes. yeah, I wouldn't like to yes. blow my yeah, own trumpet. Yeah, but yeah, you, uh, you did contribute to this. But
2: yeah, we have, um, we have a blueprint out there for all health and care organisations to follow. It's something that we've been doing since 2008. Um, this is the third version. Uh, and the idea is that we have two documents within the blueprint, one for a business decision maker. Okay. So we talk about the... What well, I was going to
0: say is—is is going to say, it's, what do you call that blueprint? Um, is going to come to that. It's right, called okay. digital strategy for connected health and care. Okay. Yeah. I was looking for that. The other one. Do you going to call it? So yeah.
2: So. CNAB. Do we want to confuse the audience? Well, so, no, because so, it's
0: already been mentioned on other podcast. Ah, uh, yeah, because because right, it's been mentioned. It because, up, yes. And the reason okay. I'm saying it is because when we had uh, Andy Dobson on uh, for Ask Dobbo, uh, which is now going to be called Architecture's alcove. Yeah. um is uh, he mentioned it as a Cisco network architectural blueprint Blueprint. and it's something that you've always done and you've always been a a, it's been your piece of work pretty much with with the help and support of other people but it's been the thing that you've always driven and it's great to see that that sort of architectural blueprint approach has been taken into other industries within Cisco. I'm really
2: really pleased to see that. Um, That's a bit of a big up there. Thank you thank you for that Justin you don't often do that so i appreciate that. Um, So um, yeah, so, so CNAB, Cisco Network Architecture Blueprint, I said we started this type of work in 2008, it's the first time we produced these, these documents, the blueprint, and we called it Cisco Network Architecture Blueprint for NHS organisations, that's what it was called. Um, the second version, 2011, we wanted to, we had a brand with CNAB, but we wanted to tap into what was happening in the marketplace, so at the time, it was uh, for people in healthcare will we'll remember Andrew Lansley's reform. So we called it ICT at the heart of NHS reform. And the subtitle was CNAB. Yeah. And at the third version, we've kind of done the same thing. So we've got Digital Strategy for Connected Health and Care is the current document. So two key themes there that you can tell. You split that title in two. First of all, digital strategy. What do we mean by digitisation? And obviously following on from the Bob Wachter review for those who work in healthcare, all around digitisation of the NHS. Um, uh, And uh, basically uh, that's one side of a digital strategy and what that actually means around business enablement instead of purely IT. And then health and care, connected health and care, and that is the move from healthcare to health and care. So once again, we're trying to tap into what's going on into the marketplace, but the subtitle remains CNAB, it's still CNAB as the the document.
0: Okay, lovely. So you have been working on a document, with, we have because with the, our Mark. Yeah, indeed. He's been in. Indeed, yeah. I felt and cheated on
2: Mark. I should say, Mark. You know, gives a lot of credit because he contributes to the uh, the scene lab document as well um, in the security sections in there. But um, yeah, we've got a new document now, and that's uh, all Mark, he ever talked about, though, talk yeah, uh, is
1: security. Yeah. See, did you see that? He suddenly switched yeah. to being a host. That was good. Wasn't it's it? like <laughs> it's almost as if my job's been superseded.
0: I think mine's been superseded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to make no comment to that. Yeah, so I think inevitably, because uh, security is is quite an important thing for the business at the moment. It's quite an important thing for um, our health and care customers. Um, that's why we sort of came up with this idea of developing um, a specific blueprint of securing health and care communities. Um, and in a way, it was <clears throat> it was also on the back of some work that was done by the national um, the national data guardian as well. Um, so there was a report produced back in July, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that was written by, I suppose, contributed to by many, but ultimately authored by Dame Fiona Caldicott. Um And it sort of covered a number of different areas, but one of them was specifically around data security within the NHS, looking at some of the challenges um, across that community and, and trying to make some specific recommendations as to how the NHS needs to evolve to address some of those specific challenges. It also covered things like data sharing as well, because that's another... Um, Feli and consent, I think, was the other part wasn't it? Yeah, Data sharing yeah. and consent with the other two areas, um, which were which were both kind of interesting. So, so in response to that, I mean, you know, we we've been working collaboratively, obviously, for for a little while now on trying to produce a bit of a response document to that, tra- taking some of the challenges that are covered within the NDG, the National Data Guardian report, and turning that into a set, of really, a broader set of challenges that we see are being faced by the health and care community. Um, and then coming up with some specific recommendations as to how those challenges can be addressed. Um, well summarised, Mark. Thank, thank you very much. No, it's almost as if i have done it before. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> 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 we need to go on. No, <laughs> I don't know, we just, just to carry <laughs> on. on. It's that awesome. So, um, yeah,
0: so you've got this this report that <laughs> we've you've written made. on the back of, or in a response to, or in,
1: a so- in association yeah. with yeah. That, that report that you just talked about that yeah. I can't remember the NDG reports. So you really one. don't listen, do you? I generally don't. Yeah. <laughs> NDG. NDG, National <laughs> Data Guardian. NDG.
0: So what's in there there? So you, you've made some recommendations, isn't it? So yeah, um, I mean, we,
1: we, we so we, we sort of came up with 10 specific challenge areas. So um, do, do we do like a top 10? We could do a top 10, but that might get a bit dull. So, so I think we'll probably pick I'm on, sure we could get on a, some jingles a selection in there of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we still need to work out some jingles. <laughs> yeah, we need to get some jingles. Um, So I think, I mean, the first one and one that I tend, or I I mean, as some of the listeners may know, I used to work in the healthcare sector along with Mike. In fact, Mike used to be my SE manager a long time ago. (laughs) Um, uh, A scarier time as that was. Um, And and one of the things that I've always recognized, and I think sometimes is overlooked, is this concept of availability. So Mike alluded to it earlier, this this triad of security is um, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. I thought it was people, policy, and process. That's the three-legged donkey you need to understand the difference between a donkey and a a triad. All right, okay. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that offline though because that sounds like a conversation for a beer. Um, So it's this confidentiality, integrity and availability and and the principle there is that what we're we're trying to protect when we're doing information security is the confidentiality, integrity and availability of data. If one of those fails, then we've sort of failed in our mission around information security And and the degree to which you care about those things will vary depending upon the data. So if you think about patient data, then confidentiality is clearly quite an important factor. Um, But there's often not as much focus on the integrity of that data, where actually, when you really think about what a health record might contain, it might contain information about particular medications or drugs that you might be taking. Um, The integrity of that becomes really quite an important factor, because if I can change a decimal point on a dosage that you might be having, that could be a difference between being made better and not. Yeah. So the integrity becomes really important and actually potentially in terms of life criticality is probably more that's, important that's than confidentiality. Cha-
0: but that's been a challenge, isn't it? Because it's it's always something that gets thrown out in a public debate is digitization of, of health records mm-hmm. and things like that. And yeah. it's always about like, how do you keep them safe and that's you, confidential. I, mm. If I've kept that if I think of this mm. right or remember mm. rightly, mm. you mean that's actually been strong enough to stop projects mm. being rolled out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, you know, it, it's probably not worth going into the, the whole, was it care health data, care data program, that care was data, care, care.data. Care.data, wasn't it, which was all about um, kind of data sharing as well. But but you're right. I mean, the confidentiality piece is a really important one. And I think that's why but the I, benefits are there. The benefits,
0: every, I think everybody sort of gets the benefits of having those health records, being able to shared, to be able to be shared in a health environment by the right people at the right mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I don't know. You'll give me, no, me no, no, no. I know. I think. I think you're right. Give me
1: funny looks. It, which in, it, it's the way you say that most people do,
0: and I, and I think well, you're yeah, probably they, right. I say most people because I can't imagine that people who go, "No, they're my records. They're my. Yeah. They're, it's, it's my. It's, it's my, my information. Hmm. I don't want it shared. Hmm. And that, that's why I'm saying most. Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to have a Or there, may be, or there may
1: be certain episodes that you might not want shared within your health record. So there might be certain things that you have. Had done certain medical conditions that you might want want. Shared. Yeah, so
0: you only want yeah, but that aren't relevant to maybe what the data. Yeah, what's happening now? Yeah, so for example, yeah. if I've got a, a broken arm and mm-hmm. I've had something happen, I've had I don't know cosmetic surgery or something. Yeah, that yeah I don't yeah. want to be shared. Yeah,
1: only sharing that actually. I, I I thought you were looking a bit perkier.
0: I well, you did say you I mean I'm apparently I'm 56 now. So, <laughs> uh,
1: I think I think it's interesting that it,
2: uh, there's kind of like a, a conflict because the public at large see the way that they do internet banking for instance yep. yeah and so we, and it's the common example right but how easy that is to achieve and yeah. yet when dealing with public services it's that much more challenging yeah. and healthcare included but on the other side of it is also people see the risk associated with the, their records being put online uh-huh. as, as being something that's worrying and concerning yeah, yeah? Um, now, clearly, you know, you often in the past used to get many examples of paper records you know, yep. falling out the back of a van as they went around a roundabout, all those sorts of things that yeah, happened, mm. um, being transferred by taxi and so forth. You know, we, we know those things happen. So actually, it's, you've, you've got to balance that risk. And, uh, and I think that's probably, I think you'd probably agree with that, Mark, yeah. in terms of balancing the risk. Uh, against the benefit. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's,
0: it's risk, risk versus reward. Because it's a business true. process. Yeah. And go, but as long as you've put enough process in there to mitigate the risk as much as you can, yeah. Yeah. and not necessarily just to top technology solution, mm-hmm. but if you are able to do that and having the people, the training, and mm-hmm. the process. Yeah. Three legged donkey again. Three, three P's: people, policy, and process that helps that make sure that that is robust so that availability is as robust as it can be. We only got to number one in the chat. No, no, no. no, And and we We weren't really
1: talking about availability, but, um, uh, but no, the availability piece is, is the, you know, for a long time networks in their, in their broader sense have been really critical to the delivery of health and care in, 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 you know, various different sectors across that, across that, uh, across that world. but i think availability is sometimes overlooked you know i think because there's always been backstops of well if the systems fail we'll go back to paper based records or you know if the if the packs so this is the picture archive and communications system so digital imaging digitization of, of medical images you know if that goes down well we can print things off on film and we've got light boxes around the hospital and we can you know we can still operate as as a as a, as a care provider you know i think that's great today but if you roll forward five or ten years and you start to look at true digitization within those environments where those sorts of, you know, light boxes might not be maintained. Somebody might say, well, you know, it costs us a thousand pounds a year to maintain them and make sure they're all okay. You know what? It's a cost the hospital doesn't need to need to have. Let's take them away. And all of a sudden that backstop position isn't there. So the availability of the systems, of the environment becomes that much more critical to the delivery of so care. it needs to be always on. It needs to be always on. It, it's it's fundamental to to the successful delivery the mission of the of, okay. the mission of the of the mission of the of the organisation. So so availability is a security requirement because availability can be impacted for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, you need you need to protect the devices themselves.
0: Correct. And, and but yeah, and yeah. But the thing that comes to mind for me is about protecting the availability. So actually making sure that it is robust. That something does happen yeah. from a security perspective, yeah. it, it's yeah. it's. Keeps itself up. Yeah, mm. yeah. All of the, the data is available.
1: The data is there when you need it. So, so we had an example. Uh, Mike and I actually met with one health organisation who'd had uh, an impact of uh, an outbreak of ransomware. And of course, the ransomware, as you know, because we've talked about this often enough. We ransomware to number two in the charts. Oh, we are actually. Yeah, yeah two in the, the charts is malware. Look, look at that. It's yeah. almost seamless. Great, We're only got eight um, to go. So <laughs> <laughs> only eight to go. You know, and, 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 but but that was that was an outbreak that encrypted some of their critical systems. Um, and meant that they weren't able to function. There was a whole department that was pretty much put out of action because of the ransomware outbreak, um, because their data wasn't available and the system wasn't available. So that availability was closely coupled in that case with a malware outbreak because it meant that the availability was compromised. Confidentiality integrity wasn't compromised. The data was arguably very confidential because it was all encrypted, um, <laughs> yeah. just not by them. Um, so you know, you've know you kind of got the, got those sorts of challenges. And yeah, so so malware's a big issue. Um, It's interesting that there's a sort of malware problem within the sector, I think, at the moment. is very untargeted. Um, There's an awful lot in the press, and and, and we we ourselves talk a lot about advanced persistent threat and targeted malware, and you need to do this and you need to do that. And I think at the moment, for the vast majority of cases, the health sector isn't actively targeted. Well, as far as we know, the health sector in the UK isn't actively targeted. Do you think they just happen to be victims of a wider... Because when we talked about this
0: on on our previous podcast, please listen to that if you haven't already... Um, but when we talk about that they they hmm. can just do it and they'll just pay for it to be thrown out there and somebody it just happens to just be happens in the healthcare to yep i will get that email in they click, click on and it and this happens yeah. so it's it's, it's
1: almost a uh, you know they are not
0: malicious focus and targeted. targeted it just happens to be
1: at that we're aware of and and that's part of the challenge right it, you know one of the big things that, that that sort of also comes in and i don't know whether we've got it actually it's not one of our lists is visibility you, sure so you, you're adding to is eleven now. Yeah, we've got eleven things. Only
0: nine yeah. to go. We need to change that.
1: No, but but visibility. <laughs> so so often people don't know what they don't know. Um, funnily enough, and and so you know you can ask the question. Well, are you are you secure as a health organisation from an you know an IT perspective? And, and the answer is well, we sometimes we actually don't know. We think we are, but they don't necessarily have the tooling or the capability to be able to really answer that with a great degree of authority because sometimes these things happen. And they just don't know. They're just not well resourced enough do they don't have the so right So things are in. happening and they're not even aware of they it. They could be, could be, because we could just be. don't know. Um, do you know
2: what? I remember writing visibility, but I can't remember under which one of those. No,
1: no, 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 it's on one of them. Yeah. It'll be under
0: availability or
1: something. Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've, it's I. Got, it's I, well, got an in it. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's definitely in there. So no, so there's, there's, there's that kind of, you know, that, that's thing about malware at the moment is we, th- we believe it to be relatively untargeted, but the risk is what happens when somebody starts to realize okay. of the potential monetization. So factor of health and care data and what they might be able to get out of it and therefore becomes targeted. So at number three? At number three is legacy applications. Yeah. Uh, that's a frightening one.
2: It is, and, and I think you know, the NHS health and care organisation is no different than most organisations. Actually, you, know, you bring in new applications trying to do away with legacy or third party is also an equal challenge third party I mean, is a again, huge one yeah um uh, where you have like a warranted environment which might be kind of you know 12 months backdated from where you are yeah um and also there's the <coughs> thing with national applications and Absolutely. around national applications which might conflict with what you need at a local level yeah. so those those sorts of things um are a huge challenge
1: I yeah. Think, yeah yeah and it's it's uh, i mean i've spoken to a few few clients in the sector recently and and it, it I can't even begin to fathom how big a challenge this is. Um, You know, whether it's from the medical devices manufacturers who, for various regulatory reasons, can't simply accept new patches to be applied um, and so on and so forth, or whether it's just that some of the software is, you know, it's just that cost of replacement. Um, I spoke to one trust the other day. I think part of their pathology environment is over 25 years old. Um, And I'm sure that's probably not an uncommon situation that some of these systems are. Is it
0: because you can't... (laughs) They're so integral in, integral in what they're trying to deliver mm. that they can't even take it offline enough to be able to migrate. And, and I guess cost and complexity
1: and. Uh, and it's they, and a number they're of so factors.
0: specific that they can't, do you know what, well, we can't take mm. it offline? They'd yeah. have to build a total standalone mm. separate system to replace it and then yeah. migrate everything over to it. And it's just that becomes. Yeah. Cost of change. Too, yeah, and mm. you're going, well, actually, how much is that going to cost us? Is mm. that cost well spent there or better on on a doctor yeah. Yeah. or yeah. a yeah. Or nurse. more nursing staff? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah.
1: Cost is yeah. 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 So that that's a that's a big challenge is and that number 12. What cost? <laughs> <laughs> cost cost visibil- is a horizontal. Cost of visibility we just <laughs> added to. Yeah. yeah. So number 4 then, since we'd since we seem to be going down them, well, I'll let you talk about yeah, this so one right, right. So IoT. number
2: 4 we pulled out was uh, the internet of things. Mm. Um, thank so you. um yes, that's your domain. Do you want no, to talk no, about no. this one just. No, then? no, I don't want to I don't I just
0: said thank you for explaining it because you just IoT. went IoT. I did so. I <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So uh so the internet of things or IoT clearly um in all um, sectors, I think there are opportunities around the internet things, um, and uh, not least in healthcare where we see you know, within hospital walls things like um, IV pumps, you know, all sorts of uh, monitors etc that have the potential now to be connected to the network and become connected, a thing that's connected. Um, and then outside the hospital walls, um, sort of remote you know, sensors, alarms and so forth uh, as well. And uh, even though we've got a separate section specifically on the built environment, the the building environment itself, obviously converging uh, building management systems into that uh, into the uh, IP infrastructure. So um, all of these things will bring great benefit because clearly with the internet things, you uh, connect more things, you get more data, uh, which you can turn into useful information and make decisions from, particularly around the business intelligence domain. So that's certainly a thing looking forward um, that, uh, that, that will provide great benefit, but equally introduces some risks because...
0: Um, your boundary now is becoming more fluid. Yeah, so because we even saw it. Yeah, from a security yeah. perspective, we didn't. We saw in the in the news. or oh, maybe not. That was in the mainstream news, mm. but on the in the uh, IT news about uh, there was a uh, oh, there was a, a an attack, a DDoS attack on a security blogger, and Brian Krebs. Yeah, yeah. and it was Krebs all online. done. Yeah, and it was all done via uh, webcamps. cameras. Cameras. Mm. So it's like it's the things biggest, the biggest being DDoS. taken over and actually being used to. Uh, uh, denial of service attacks. Mm.
1: One of the biggest DDoSs ever seen on the internet. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: it's sort of interesting that you can have these (laughs) low low functional compute Uh things that are gathering, just gathering data Mm. that can be taken over. So it is hugely important, though the benefits of internet of things in the healthcare environment Is absolutely phenomenal, mm-hmm. from what I can see, and, mm-hmm. and a bit of reading than I do, yeah, potentially when you theory. start to look at how people can can be medicate, or, or monitored from home mm-hmm. by just having sensors and things like that, being able to gather this information, it, it, it just allows for that. Pl- yeah. of, of uh,
2: And I think most people would accept it's a good thing, but, mm-hmm. but it's just that um, obviously we need to be aware that we are expanding all the, the, the boundaries that became more fluid, there's different protocols involved, etc., mm-hmm. and... Potentially opens up back doors, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we've got to be aware of. And there are different approaches to that, of which we talk about in the document, but you have to read the document to find out what they yeah. are. a, a bit of a t-shirt. How, how do they get
0: hold of that document?
2: Well, we'll talk about that later. All right, okay.
0: We'll stick want, it on the Twitter page or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> And the next want, one? Yeah, yeah, Number you want to pick five. that up? Yeah, health care to health and care, because yeah. talked, you talked a lot. You've kept saying health and care, and I keep checking myself to make sure I say health and care, because you've know. slapped me a few times. I know. Literally. Uh, (laughs) Rewrite part of the document as
2: well, Mark. Anyway, yeah. um, (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean, as I discussed earlier on in the sort of more generic healthcare piece at the front, um, we are now moving to a system of health and care. Um, And uh, that, again, you know, is going to make those boundaries more fluid traditionally. I think NHS organisations in particular traditionally probably focused on perimeter security and the desktop. Mm. Um, and I think looking forward, that's not going to be enough anymore Yeah, We mm. need to think more broadly, particularly as we move out into these new communities that are coming down the
0: line. Yeah. So I just think out of time, Mm-hmm. No. And how no, long no, do people I, I, do you need? we? out of the something
1: for the for the listeners to read in the document. Of course, yeah, it's true. It's true. So, true. so, so, so shall what shall are going to pick.
0: Are you are going to pick some. If you're going to pick one or two more. Well, so we kind picked? of talked about the
2: built environment, haven't we? Um, threats closer to home. Um, number seven. That's interesting because it, it, it's something really which um, I'm sure isn't overlooked, but could be. Uh, and that's the kind of things that you know the policy approaches. Uh, so having a decent security policy, patching policy. Um, also you know how you deal with perhaps accidental um, mm, non-malicious yeah you know, there's, a lot non-malicious of, there's a lot of that, in fact that,
1: actually it. The, the, the NGG report, report yeah. calls out non-malicious yeah. threats as being one of the major ones in healthcare so people doing doing the wrong thing but with the intention of doing the right thing i.e. Yeah. inadvertently making putting data yeah. at risk by trying to be efficient
2: yeah and then the, the final three really <laughs> are more on the end the kind of people side of things yeah. so we're talking about cultural challenges um, the, um, the amount of the availability of skills mm-hmm. and, uh, and capability and finally I think mark you, this is one that uh, you're particularly keen on is executive leadership
1: yeah and it, and it, it, it become a real cliche in in information security circles that you know inform, uh, executive and senior leadership in security is really important and and it and it kind of is because it, it really it sets the tone. Coming back to the point you made earlier, Mike, about the fact that things need to be business-led. Well, security is kind of no different. Um, it often gets put into the domain of the technologists, and uh, there's never really that linkage between the sort of technology domain and the impact. Um, and actually, the impact if bad things happen in the security world, there is a significant business-focused yeah. impact. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether that's the ability for them simply to deliver good quality health and care services all the way through to financial impact, reputational damage, they are all things that a board sh- would and should care about.
0: But the interesting thing is that I, I
1: did a podcast without you. I do apologize with with, uh, with, our,
0: with, with our other contributor, uh, Dr. Alison Vincent, uh, where we talked about sort of digitization and what are the challenges to mm. digitization. And mm. the biggest thing was uh, that was called out was, mm. with, with, was culture yep. and leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having a leadership that, uh, <coughs> Evangelize mm-hmm. and having a clear t- strategy and yep. getting and with that leadership comes with huge success. So in the sectors mm-hmm. and this is across all all uh, industries, this report was uh, and it's up on our our blog page, mm-hmm. the Cisco blog page. To have a look on there if you're interested in it. But it was um, where there was very very good mm-hmm. executive leadership, mm-hmm. digital digitisation <laughs> or digital projects were all successful. Successful, yeah, yeah. I so that build. is a real and it, and, that, and it shows it in that report and it's yeah. sort of about 25% of 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 it, of, of rollouts are yeah. successful yeah. but that's purely because of yeah. digital leadership yeah. yeah
1: and and it and it becomes yeah. you know it's actually a really good segue into into a big part of the document as well which is which is the recommendation and the and the uh, I suppose the the next steps for for customers to take once they've gone through this and that is really to try and think about security in a different way um, Mike's already alluded to it in the way. In this which should just come on the podcast because I have to think about security in a different way now. Well, you know, <laughs> it's indoctrinated. It is. It's well, uh, you've well listened, <laughs> apparently. Um, but it, it's trying to shift security investments from very piecemeal, product by product, um, you know, kind of have a problem by a box approach, which is, yeah. which is often the case for security and has been for a number of years. And, and it fundamentally is failing us today. Pulling holes, basically. Yeah, it's, it's the classic whack-a-mole problem, uh, if you remember the arcade games of, uh, of I your actually youth. Actually, have.
0: I played that this summer. I thought you were going to
1: say that you had one. No, um, I was no, going to no, be properly no. impressed then. Um, <laughs> but no, so it's trying to shift that mindset from it becoming very much a piecemeal project-by-project project basis, if at all, to delivering it as an architecture. Uh, when you look at the things that Mike talked about in terms of the, the digital transformation agenda and you look at the challenges that faced from a security perspective, the only way that that can really be solved effectively is through an architectural approach it's looking at the business led approach to security it's looking at what those business imperatives are and then mapping the security technology and controls and people and process to meet those and the executive leadership piece is really important because what most organizations are lacking in the NHS is the investment in you know real hard cash in terms of you know actually investing in the technology capability but also the people you know most times security becomes a part of the IT team, it's an IT function, it's not actually a dedicated function. So, there needs to be that resource planning again that needs to be driven by the executive leadership. So one, that's there's there's really one thing you always
0: talk about, though, isn't it? Is having, and we've talked about it in mm-hmm. previous podcasts, is about having security a part of the project at the start. Absolutely. How do we deal with security? Let's do it, let's have it baked it in straight away. Mm-hmm. And so, it's always talked about, yeah and always discussed and always seen as how do to I dissolve to it because then it, it doesn't yep. become a, a so you create this great solution and then you give it to some uh, information assurance architect and goes yeah there's a lot of holes in this I'm not happy with and then it gets stalled and it gets blocked yeah. and then and it gets more cost added to it yep. so if you talk about it straight away and think about it going look at this digital scene, look at the greatness, great mm. things that this can deliver and the benefits it can deliver to health and care yeah. and just have a security broadening going well, what do we need from a security yep. perspective right at the start yeah, yeah I think
2: so and, and as we said earlier on you know historical approaches have been to look at the perimeter and look at the desktop yeah. um, but now you know even we, we, we yeah. quite often Mark don't we talk about yeah. the fact that you know there are so many customers out there using Cisco equipment at the moment for example in the network that probably have access to NetFlow, either not switched on or not using it in an appropriate way and all you need something is to actually interpret what NetFlow is telling you and that's a valuable tool in this
0: kind of system approach to I, I, I love that because that's a Great segue into obviously the heart of of, of my day job is obviously yeah. about the network yeah. and uh, and it's really interesting because I was speaking to another uh, contributor to the to the podcast, Rishi Tang today, and he's saying he said there's um, only one customer that he's aware of that's actually got this functionality turned yeah. on and yeah. so we've yeah. got so we have customers within the health and care environment. Mm. That have the functionality they available haven't. to them, yeah. and they haven't turned it on. Just not switched yeah. off. So, is and then and if anybody's interested, please reach out to the podcast because yeah. we can point you. We we we're running. Uh, training courses for this as well now to show yep. the customers going look how easy it is to turn it yeah. on both yep. from a policy perspective and that visibility and we've, we did a previous podcast on what's called net where we call it network, network as a sensor system. but just you, how do you use netflow to enhance security mm. and it's great so it's not perimeter it's not desktop it's all the bit in the yeah. middle what yep. connects it and that's where the network comes in as well
1: yeah. and and if i you know just to pick up on that again some of the things we've been talking about the digital transformation the the expansion of the attack surfaces we call it with things like internet of things um that kind of capability becomes a real enabler to do business. It's something I'm really passionate about. We, we talk about security and often in a very negative light. You know, look at all the bad things that Still will happen. They're like plumbing. Or when you take it to your carton mechanic, they all start sucking their teeth and rubbing yeah. their chin. It, it is. And, 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 it, and, 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 you know, there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. People need to be aware of the, of the potential outcomes, the negative outcomes that can happen. But actually, I think what's really important, especially when engaging with the stakeholders, is... Let's try and change that story and change the narrative. Think about security enabling the business Yeah. Um, uh, because that's what it's going to do. You know. Yes, you could do IoT on the infrastructures that are out there today, the Internet of Things, but it's not going to be very good. It's going to be very at risk. You're going to be very exposed, and potentially bad things might happen. So it becomes change the conversation. Let's think about security enabling those outcomes, enabling telecare, yeah, enabling yeah. telehealth, enabling connected and digital health and care delivery. That's the difference, isn't it? It is.
2: Rather than saying you can't do that because it's going to open a hole or we haven't plugged that hole, it's now saying actually you have security that's intrinsic to the 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 environment. And you've got to think about that from a cost perspective
0: You can can do this. And and the cost of when you go, let's look at this project, going, right, it's going to cost us X amount of £1,000 to buy a load of these Internet of Things, things, whatever they are, But then go, well, actually, the real cost is right, we need to include that security part yeah, of it. So yeah. you can get the best out of those and not put, put, uh, put your, the environment your, at risk. Your, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you asked earlier on, Justin, when the document would be available. How you yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so uh, we are going to launch in November. So uh, that's, a, that's a
0: month. That's a big month.
2: It is, yeah. So if the listeners want to look out for it, it's uh, going to be called Securing securing Health and Care Communities, uh, 10 Security Challenges, uh, the 10 that we've kind
0: of discussed over the last we half an we hour discussed so. 12. We added two availability <laughs> and something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not availability. It was visibility. Yeah. Okay.
2: And we'll uh, we'll be posting that up on our website. So. On the yeah.
0: website. So if we keep an eye on that, on our we'll, so we'll yeah, bang it. We'll put it we'll, out put it we'll push it out on Twitter as yeah. well. So. Cisco.com/uk/healthcare. Yeah. There you go. I'll be on there. Yeah. Mike, thank you very much. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. That was good. Yes, all right. Make sure you, you invite you back. No, you can definitely you can come can back. You we can always me. come back. And he's yeah. got one of these gravelly voices I think works well on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely got a face for radio. <laughs> um, Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you, co-host. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, <laughs> if you want to contact the podcast, uh, you can do it at Twitter, uh, at Justin Willen, or via email. Um, if you want to get any more information on this, it's uh, justin.wollen at cisco.com2010. Thank you very much for listening.